got a lot to get into. There was one thing last week that I tried very hard to try and help people to have a, a more understanding of when it comes to understanding fear. The Bible is very clear, very specifically, about why we should not fear. And I said to the first group this morning that if we can grasp this, as simple as it sounds, it's not that easy to fully comprehend without the help of the Holy Spirit. You know, it sounds like when you hear what I'm about to say, you're going to think to yourself, well, that's, you know, that's great, but like, but if you truly get it, it really is one of the most powerful things in Scripture, I believe. Have a look at this. Let's take a look at this. Isaiah 43, verse number 5. The Bible says, now don't, don't shout too loud, too quick, okay? Give me a chance to go through a few Scriptures, and then we can shout. Is that okay? Some of you never shout, but that's okay. We won't talk about that this morning. Today's the day. Amen. It's okay to shout in church, just so you know. Amen. Shouting is not a manifestation of the Spirit only. It is actually something that you choose to do. And it's very biblical. Okay, let's just go on. Isaiah 43, verse number 5 says, Fear not. So the question is, why should we not fear? And he answers the question. He says, for I am with you. Why should we not fear? Because he is with us. It sounds so easy to understand, but do you understand? Do you comprehend just how powerful that really is? Isaiah 41 verse number 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. In other words, listen, everything that could cause you to have fear, don't worry about it because I am with you. Don't worry about it because I am your God. That's what he's saying to us. Do we fully grasp just how awesome and how magnificent and how powerful that really is? Well, what should I be afraid of? Nothing. Why? Because he is with you. The creator of heaven and earth, the creator of the, your ability to breathe and to see and to hear, the one who, who gives life and takes life, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, he is the one who is with you. What is there to be afraid of? What should we fear? He says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. He's the one. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let's go to Deuteronomy 31 verse number 6. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. Why? I'm so glad you're asking. He says, for, for the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. That's amazing. So in other words, every situation, every confrontation, every challenge that you have, the Lord your God is the one that goes with you. So when you go into a difficult situation that you would normally be afraid of, or when you're lying in bed at night and the enemy comes in and desires to bring fear into your house, you need to realize that the enemy is very afraid of the one who is with you. Oh, do you get it? You don't get it. It's okay. You're going to get it in about a minute. <laughs> 
He says, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. I showed you last week that that is 100% a promise that we can claim because the book of Hebrews uses it and says we can claim it. It's ours. He will not leave us or forsake us. So if you are, are one of his children, if you are one of his sons and daughters, you need to understand he is with you. Fear not. For I am the Lord, fear not, for I am with you. He goes with you wherever you go. Watch this, David teaches his son something really powerful. When he gives his son a lesson, there's one thing he wants him to grasp, watch this. First Chronicles 28 verse 20. Yes, I love David, I talk about him a lot. If, if, there's a, if, there's a, if the Bible says that there was a character that had a heart after God's own heart, I think we should study about him and look at his words. What did he say? Watch this. He says, and David said to his son Solomon, be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Why? For the Lord God. Now watch what he says. My God. Why does he say it like that? Because he wants his son to know that he knows this God, that this is the God who has delivered him, that this is the God that took him and faced Goliath, that this is the God when Saul tried to kill him, preserved him. This is the God that, that led him through all his troubles and problems, and even when he failed, was there to pick him up. This is the God, the God that will help you, the God that will protect you, the God that will save you, the God that will deliver you. And he says to his son, listen, there is no other God, only my God, the one true living God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the same God that was in the beginning is the God that I serve, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Well, you know, Pastor Alex, I don't have to do works. Okay. I'm going to do some works. I'm going to do some exploits for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm going to do some things for him. I want to be useful to him. I want him to keep me around a little longer. I want to do some things for him. Amen. He says that we mustn't fear because He is our God. And we looked at this last week when we looked at all the different things that we should fear. So if there is nothing else to fear, if there is nothing to fear rather, then what is the only thing that we should fear? The only one that everything else is afraid of. You see, the Bible says that even the demons fear and tremble, but we don't. Now, you see, when you're afraid of something in the natural, you have a tendency to want to get away from it. But spiritual fear, when it comes to fearing God, is different. Because fearing God doesn't cause you to hide from Him. Fearing God causes you to get closer to Him. 
not because you're afraid of him because he's mean and he wants to harm you, but because what happens to you is the, 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 the more you desire to be close to him, the more you become in awe of how powerful and how mighty and how awesome he really, really is. I don't want to get ahead of myself. The reality is, is that the majority of people that do not walk in the fear of the Lord do not know him. But David knew him. That's why when he said to his son, he made it personal. He explained to his son that the God that, that will protect you, the one that will, will not leave you or forsake you, my God, I know him. I know who he is. I have a relationship with him. Son, if you want to be successful, do the same thing. Are you with me, guys? So, so what is the fear of the Lord? Well, clearly it is to be in awe of God, to have reverence for God, holy fear. The reality is, is that many people try to describe it without making it sound like we need to fear him. You need to fear him without fearing him. But you need to fear him because you don't need to be afraid of him as though he's going to harm you. But when you understand who you serve, you must realize that there is reason to be afraid of our almighty God. There's a beautiful scripture in Hebrews. Hebrews 10 verse 34 says, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. There is nothing wrong with that statement. That statement is awesome because it makes us grasp the fullness of what would happen to us if we fell into the hands of the almighty God. The first, the last, the beginning, the end, the alpha, omega, the one who gives life, who takes it away. He is all in all. There is nothing else to be afraid of. So we must walk in the fear of the Lord. And the Bible has so much to say about it. But don't try to make it sound like you mustn't do it. It's just worship. It's, yes, it's worship, but it goes beyond that. Because you have this understanding of who he is. That's why he says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not fear for the Lord is with you. Does it make sense? Are you with me? Let's keep going. You're going to get it this morning. Hallelujah. 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 There are many promises for those who walk in the fear of the Lord. The Bible gives us promises regarding this. One of those you've probably heard many times when it refers specifically to wisdom, but I want to show you something. Psalm 111 verse 10 says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. The word beginning in the Hebrew is an important word because when, it, when you look at the description of that word and how it's used, it's used for this. The beginning would be what comes first. You could use the words what comes first. You could use the word starting point. You could use the word first fruit. So in other words, the fear of the Lord, or it basically says that behold the fear of the Lord 
I'm sorry, that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Or could you could basically say the first part or the first fruits or the starting point of wisdom. But it describes it as almost like, you know, when we say we're going to give our first fruits to God, it's our first, it's almost like the most important part. So the most important part, the first part, the choice part of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So it's so important that we begin to understand this because as you begin to understand the fear of the Lord, as you begin to understand what it means to walk in the fear of the Lord, you will begin to understand things and have knowledge and wisdom the likes of which you never had before because you will begin to recognize who it is that you serve and just how powerful he really is. So let's take a look at another one. What else happens besides us getting wisdom, knowledge, understanding? These are things he promises us, but I want to go into some things you've probably never heard of this morning. Psalm 25 verse 14 says, The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. In other words, if you fear the Lord, walk in the fear of the Lord and his ways, you will be shown his secrets. I don't know about you, but I think that's awesome. The Bible speaks of secrets, of mysteries, and the Bible tells us here that he will reveal those to us if we walk in the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 10 verse 20 says this, the fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. How many of you want to have prolonged days? Walk in the fear of the Lord and he will prolong your days. When you grasp who God is, how powerful he is, how awesome he is. It will make sense to you because nothing else will influence or control the outcome of your life. Only the one who has all the power to give life. Only the one who has all power of the length of every day and every breath that you have on this earth. That's why when you work in the fear of the most powerful, the most awesome, the one who controls it all, the one who's in charge of it all, he will prolong your life because you will not fear anything else. This is so powerful. Psalm 128, verse number one. How joyful are those who fear the Lord, all who follow his ways. Yet you will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How joyful and prosperous you will be. Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine, flourishing with your home. Your children will be like vigorous young olives as they sit around your table. That is the Lord's blessing to those who fear him. I want you to note something. Don't get mad at me. The Bible says it, not me. That this instruction is to men, to fathers, to husbands. You are the one in your household that must lead in the example of walking in the fear of the Lord. And when you show that reverence and awe of who God truly is in your life, it will bless your wife and it will bless your children. I don't know about you, but I'd like that. I'll take that any day of the week. He says, you will enjoy the fruits of your, of your labor. You will be joyful and prosperous. Your wife will flourish. Your children will be like the vigorous olive trees. Walking in the fear of the Lord has so many promises connected to it that speak of how we will prosper and benefit from it even here on the earth. Proverbs 14, 27 says, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. 
to turn one away from the snares of death. Again, we see how the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. It brings life to those who, who fear him. Proverbs 19.23 says, the fear of the Lord leads to life and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. One verse, three promises. You will have life. The fear of the Lord leads to life. It leads to satisfaction. One of the biggest problems with mankind today is dissatisfaction. They're not satisfied with anything. They want more of everything. But when you walk in the fear of the Lord, it will bring satisfaction. He says, no evil will come to you. <laughs> Why will evil not come to you? Because when you walk in the fear of the Lord, all, all other fear has to leave. So when the Lord your God is with you, all fear, all evil must go. It has no place in your life. Ever since I was a little boy, whenever I would get afraid, I would sing this little song. It's, it's not even the best version of the song. And it was that song, The Lord is My Shepherd. But it's not like the beautiful one. <laughs> it's just simply, The Lord is my shepherd, I'll follow him always. And I would sing this, even when I would be filled with fear. And I would sing it and sing it and sing it, and the fear would go away. And I don't even think I realized, as a little boy, what I was saying. The Lord is my shepherd. I was singing it, I was declaring it, and all of a sudden, the fears would leave me. Evil would depart from me, because I was walking in awe and allowing my, myself to even declare as a young little boy, do you know that I still do that now? Now, I'm 40 something years old, you don't need to know the other part. <laughs> I keep saying to my wife, are you sure? That's how, I'm gonna, how old I'm gonna be this year, are you sure? Proverbs 22 verse 4 says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. These are the promises that have been made to us, just some of them. Riches, honor, life are promises to those who walk in the fear of the Lord. It's so powerful, guys. What's interesting, and you'll notice this, is that there's one thing that stands out in all the promises on the fear of the Lord, and there are many others, but the word life appears there over and over and over. And we're gonna talk more about it, but I want you to understand that when you begin to walk in, in the understanding and the fear of God, you will enter into true life because your ways will change. It's so powerful. So let's get a little bit more practical. How do we get the fear of the Lord? How do we get it? It's interesting, the Bible has a few things to say. Proverbs 1.28 says, Then they will call on me, watch this now, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently. This is amazing. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Why? 
He tells us, verse 29, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. There's a few things there that's interesting. So you can seek the Lord, but if you don't walk in the fear of the Lord, you see the fear of the Lord causes us to change. The fear of the Lord causes us to make the right choices. Because we understand that if we make the wrong choices, there's consequences. That's why, parents, if you watched my Diving Deeper episode a few weeks ago, discipline your children. Because when they do something wrong, there must be pain. Don't get mad at me, it's true. They must understand that when they do something bad, that there's, a pain, there's pain that will follow it. So when they grow up, they understand that there's consequences for when they do something wrong or they'll grow up thinking they can still behave badly and nothing's going to happen and they're going to end up in jail. And maybe they won't end up in jail, but maybe they won't even care. They don't need to do anything. They don't need to serve the Lord. Does it make sense? But I want you to see something because in verse 29, he says something interesting. He says, because they hated knowledge and they did not choose the fear of the Lord. Every one of you in this room has a choice whether you will choose to fear God or not, whether you will choose to walk in that or not. It's your decision. It's your choice. Pastor Alex can't do it for you. Your spouse can't do it for you. Nobody can do it for you. You're the one who has to choose whether you will walk in the fear of the Lord or not. Let's take a look at the next thing here. Psalm 34 verse 11 says, Come you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see God? The Bible tells us that if you choose the fear of the Lord and you desire it, He will teach it to you. In other words, the fear of the Lord is something that can be taught. And the one who will teach us the fear of the Lord is the the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the one who will teach you the fear of the Lord. Remember something, guys. I haven't got this in my notes this morning, but I want to remind you of this. When the Bible describes in the book of Isaiah... The, the, the sevenfold expression, the seven spirits of God, there is an expression, it's the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of counsel, might, understanding, and one of them is the fear of the Lord. Why? Because it's the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, that will empower you and enable you to walk in the fear of the Lord. But it must be something that you choose. Like anything else in your life, you have to make a decision. Every single morning you wake up in the valley of decision. What will you do with this day? How will you choose to live it? My dad shared something with me the other day. He said to me that you have a choice in the morning to, do, to accept a bad day or not. You can choose. And as soon as you wake up and woe is me and for I am undone and I'm in trouble and blah, blah, blah. By the time nine o'clock comes, you're so down in the dumps and depressed because you've decided that you're going to have a bad day. Guess what? It's going to happen. But if you wake up and you thank God for what He's given you, a new day, a new beginning, that He's given you another opportunity, you can choose to do the right thing. You can choose to follow Him. What's amazing is that there is nobody in this room that the Holy Spirit will not speak to and tell you what needs to change. He will do it. 
You may not listen to that voice, but I can assure you it's there. So he says, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. But let's get a little bit more practical. Let's look at how the Bible instructs us on walking in the fear of the Lord. Are you guys all okay this morning? Amen. I know this is a different subject, but I feel it's so important right now. Proverbs 8.13 tells us something. Watch this. It says the fear of the Lord, it's going to tell us what it is, is to hate evil and arrogance and the evil way and perverse mouth I hate. So in other words, someone that walks in the fear of the Lord hates evil. Why? Because God hates evil. He says, he says, is to hate evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way, and perverse mouth I hate. So in other words, when we follow evil ways, when we speak evil things, we are contradicting the fear of the Lord. We are not choosing the fear of the Lord because we choose to do it the other way and not God's way. Are you with me? Watch this. You will find as we go further into this that evil and the fear of the Lord do not go together. God does not want us to walk in evil because it will destroy us. Whereas the fear of the Lord pushes back the evil, contradicts the evil. Take a look, Proverbs 3 verse 7. Do, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. So in other words, when something is evil or bad or wrong or contrary to the knowledge and the word of God, we should despise those things. We should hate those things. And when we do, we know that we are walking in the fear of the Lord. Amen. First Peter 1.15, this is very powerful. First Peter 1.15. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy. How? In all your conduct. I want you to think about that. What does that mean? That means that we should be holy in what we do, in how we conduct ourselves, in how we live our lives, in the choices that we make. We should make choices that are holy. What does that mean? That means to choose things, to make decisions that are according to His ways and His will. If you do that, that's the fear of the Lord. If you don't, then you've basically rejected who God truly is. Watch this. He says, he says, con he says, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Don't allow anybody to tell you or to teach you that it's okay to sin. That it's okay to do things that are contrary to the word of God. That it's okay to live our lives according to a culture that is slowly but surely, in fact, it's not slowly anymore, it's happening at such an accelerated rate, becoming more and more evil, more and more wicked. 
And you have to decide what you're going to side with. The God who is holy or the world that wants to bring evil, death and destruction ultimately to all of us. This is going completely different to the first service, but that's okay. He says, be holy for I am holy. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself, there's that word again, throughout the time of your stay here in, in fear. So how should we conduct ourselves in fear? Fear of the enemy, fear of fear, fear of, of death, fear. No, in fear of the Lord. Because you will, if you walk in the fear of the Lord, you will understand that it's because your God is holy. And he expects us to seek after that as well. Amen. <laughs> now watch. He says this. He says, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Why? Why should we do that? I'm so glad you're asking. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions from the fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Do, in other words, do you comprehend, do you fathom or realize that the majority of scriptures that I've read to you this morning come out of the Old Testament? Whereas you and I are without excuse because we would be at the tabernacle three times a day the way we carry on today. But there is one who took away our sins, who took it all on himself, bore our sins at the cross so that we could be redeemed and have life and life more abundant. So that even when you do sin, he will continue to bless you. He will continue to love you. But you must conduct yourself as one who, who walks in the fear of the Lord, who understands who it is that you serve, who understands what he has done so that you could have life and life more abundant. I've taught you so many times, Frank Sinatra's way doesn't work. I'm sure if you ask him, he would tell you, doesn't work. But the ways of the Lord lead to peace, to joy, to righteousness. Paul understood that we would struggle. I'm not asking you to be perfect. But you see, when you get to a place where you think that it's okay to live and do what you want, and there's, there's no consequences, you clearly don't walk in the fear of the Lord. He is a holy God. And the price to make you holy cost a lot. So that's why we seek him. That's why we desire him and understand who he is, what it's cost him to make you holy. Man, I'm grateful. The least I could do is acknowledge who he truly is. To acknowledge the way he really is, his awesomeness, his majesty, his power, the beginning, the end, all of that, all of who he is. Oh, it's gonna get so good just now. Just now means in a little while, don't worry. 
sometimes I throw in a bit of Africanese. Amen. Now, let's go to Psalm 34. Man, David shows us something here in this psalm that is so powerful. And it just ministers to my heart so much. And I hope this morning that it will minister to yours. Because every word that he writes is so intentional and so powerful. And we actually quoted a verse from this last week. Because I truly believe that he got to a point in his life where he began to understand the fear of the Lord. Let's go to Psalm 34 verse number 1. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. He's talking to you. Now watch what he says. And let us exalt his name together. Why does he use this terminology? Why does he choose to use the word name? Because in one word, he has to try to explain to you when we're going to talk about magnifying him, when he wants to explain to you, how can he get it over to you so that you will fully grasp just how powerful what he's trying to tell you really is. When he says his name, if you read the Old Testament scriptures, you will find out that every time God reveals who he is to the children of Israel, he does it by revealing a name to them. In other words, he will show them that he is almighty God. He will show them that he is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. He will show us that that he is, is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And every time he does this in scripture, he reveals a name or his person or who he is to them. And they would give him these names. So when David wants to tell us who it is that we are magnifying, he doesn't say just magnify the Lord. He says, he says, let us exalt his name. In other words, who he is. Because David has gotten to a place. We remember where he said to his son, listen, when the Lord is with you, if you follow the Lord, my God. He understood who God was because he had comprehended the magnitude, the power, the awesomeness of who God really, really was. So he's telling us, listen, let us exalt his name, who he is together. Watch. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Come on, somebody. It's so powerful. My God, it's powerful. Lord, it is so powerful because David understood when he said the name, when he said the name of God, when we sought, I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord. I know who he is. I've discovered him as my provider. I've discovered him as my shepherd. I've discovered him as my God. I've discovered him as almighty. I've discovered him as all powerful. I've discovered him as a healer. I've discovered him as as a restorer. When he did that, he said, all my fears are taken away. All my fears are taken away. (laughs) 
I am a little excited. <laughs> now he's talking about those that are with him in this, which is you now. They looked to him and were radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps, encamps all around those who fear him. Why is he saying this? Because while he was seeking the word, the, the names of the Lord and who the Lord was, and while he was after God with everything inside of him, he came to a realization then in order to fully have the hand of the Lord upon your life the way we desire, we must enter into the fear of Him. Because when you do begin to grasp how awesome and mighty and powerful the Lord your God truly is, the natural fear of the Lord will come upon you. And the angel of the Lord will encamp all around you, but that's only the beginning. Oh, that's only the beginning. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear Him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. You see, David can say that because literally he has tasted the goodness of God. He has tasted the grace of God. He has tasted the mercy of God. He has tasted the hand of the Lord upon his life. Has anybody in this place ever tasted that mercy? Has anybody ever tasted that goodness? Has anybody ever tasted, oh my God, there is none like you. There is none like you in this place, God. We worship you. Oh, come on, somebody give him a shout. Somebody give him some praise. Oh, yes, Lord. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You see, we read it, but we don't realize that what he's experiencing when he writes this. Man, this was a special guy. He's definitely in the top three when I get to heaven that I need to meet. <laughs> oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. And, and you must realize, look at the exclamation mark. He says, there is no want to those who fear him. The young lion lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Now watch. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Now he's about to give us a lesson. In fearing God. He's about to tell us. The Aren't you, I'm excited. Are you excited? <laughs> he's, gonna he's about to teach us. He says, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life? What did it say about the fear of the Lord? I've taught you this already. That when you fear the Lord, you will have life. Now he's teaching us about the fear of the Lord. The first thing he says is, who is the man who desires life? The one who fears the Lord. And loves many days, he will prolong your life. The fear of the Lord. That he may see good, the fear of the Lord. Watch this. Keep your tongue from evil. And your lips from speaking deceit. This is the most difficult thing for Christians. 
let's be honest. We don't control our mouths. If you can't control your mouth, you don't have the fear of the Lord. Scary. He says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You're gonna go through some stuff, people. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. I wanna show you something. The last few verses, it's like he's given the lesson and now he wants to know how you will respond. Just put the last three verses up for me, please. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. You have learned this morning about the fear of the Lord. If you desire life, it's not about perfection, guys. Nobody can do it. Paul said, I do the things I don't want to do. The things I don't want to do, I do. He understood that. But Jesus taught us that we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That we should pursue the Lord with all of our hearts. David has taught us that, listen, I understand the fear of the Lord. If we seek the Lord with all of our hearts, that he will deliver us from all of our fears. This awesome God that we serve, this morning you have a choice. He will deliver you. He will touch you. He will change you. He will cause everything to be turned around. But you have to have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. In other words, you have to get to that point where you will humble yourself and say, Lord, I've done it my way. But this morning in this place, I choose to do it your way. Put the next verse up. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, next verse, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, are we in the right place? We're not in the right place, guys. Go back to the last scripture for me and just put the last three verses up for me, please. The Lord is near to the, there we go. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Next verse. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're struggling with. But I want you to know that if you make a decision to truly serve God and walk in His ways and choose Him above everything else, that is your promise. He will deliver you out of any situation. Let's bow our heads.
Father, this morning we are truly grateful to you for a love like no other. You have done everything necessary. You have given us all the tools, all the knowledge is available. Wisdom is available. But Lord, it's so clear in Scripture as the, as the disciples, Paul and, and Peter, as they wrote that they pray that we would come to the knowledge of God, that we would begin to grasp the, awesome and honor, the, uh, the awesomeness and how awesome and mighty and powerful you truly are, who you are. Many have described you as a mean God. Many have described you in many ways, but Father, those who seek the Lord, they will discover you. Your word tells us this. If we truly seek after you and your ways, we can never be the same. Lord, I pray as everyone in this place begins to go on that journey to pursue you more and more, that you will reveal yourself to us. And Father, the closer I get to you, the more I realize who you are. And I pray, God, for each and every one in this place that we will all get to that place where we can finally understand that there is none like you. Your love is everlasting. Your mercy endures forever. There is no sin too great. There is no valley too deep. And I pray this morning for everyone, Father, that they would be drawn to you in your ways and that we would conduct ourselves according to your ways. For surely you are our deliverer. You are our healer. You are our restorer. And so I pray this over every person this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to ask you, if you've come here this morning and your life is not right with Jesus, don't leave here today without making a decision to fully follow him. If you say, Pastor Alex, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to make right with him today. Quickly raise your hand so I can pray for you. Don't be afraid. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else say, Pastor, today, thank you, young man. I need to, thank you, young lady. Bless you. I need to give my heart to Jesus. Today, I need to make right with him. God bless you. Today, I choose his ways. I choose to walk in the fear of the Lord. I choose Jesus. Quickly raise your hand and I'll, I'll pray for you. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, young lady. Thank you so much. In the back there, God bless you. Thank you. Last call, if you say, Pastor, I used to serve the Lord, but I've really gone astray. Today, I want to come back to him. I want to follow him again. There's no condemnation for you. Just choose Jesus. God bless you. Raise your hand and I'll include you. Amen. God bless you guys. If, I, if, if you raised your hand, God bless you. Just stand for me. Don't be afraid. Be bold and courageous. Stand. Let's give the Lord a big clap. Many people raise their hands. God bless you. Come on, if you raised your hand, so many of you raised your hand. Stand up for me. Amen. God bless you, man. Thank you so much. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Don't, don't sit down. Come quickly to the front. Don't be afraid. Come. Come, young man. Come. Come, young lady. Come. Don't be afraid. Come. Come. Come on, church. Let's give them a big round of applause as they come. Let's give them a big round of applause. Come. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Come and stand over here, young man. God bless you. Come, come. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. This is your moment. 
This is what it's all about. Amen. Come here. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay, Father. Thank you for your mercy for this precious woman, Lord. This is her turning point. This is her turning point. Man, if it was just for you, it would be worth it today. Thank you, Lord. Come and stand here. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God bless you. Things are going to change drastically for you. You watch. The hand of the Lord is upon you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Bless this young lady. Bless this young man, Father. God is doing a new thing in your life. It's a new season. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. We're going to pray together a prayer. And just pray it from your heart. That's the most important thing. When we make a commitment to God, it needs to be sincere and from our hearts. Amen. Church, can we all pray this together? But especially you in the front, pray this with all of your heart. And this will be a new day and a turning point for you. Let's all pray. Father, come everybody, let's pray. Father, I come to you this morning. Today, I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood and write my name in your book of life. Today, I make you my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap. Amen. If you guys look... To your left over there is our Pastor William. If I can just ask you to follow him out, we're just going to pray with you and bless you. Come on, church, let's give them a big round of applause. A big God bless you. Amen. So awesome. So awesome. Amen. Hallelujah, guys. God is so good. Choose him in everything and listen to that still small voice that's always trying to lead you in the right direction amen, amen. let's pray father we thank you we love you help us teach us lord to walk in the fear of the lord help us to grow closer to you to draw nearer to you we honor you and love you with all of our hearts now i pray lord these are such precious people of yours that you would bless them as they leave here this morning, that your hand would be upon them, that your angels would surround them and be with them wherever they go. I pray for the children. I pray for the marriages. I pray for their homes. I pray for their finances. I pray, Father, that, you're, that you bless them in every area. We are so grateful to you. We love and honor you with all of our hearts. Today in this place, all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen.